Luis Lopez, what's going on, my friend? I appreciate you doing this. Finally, it took us long enough, right? Yeah, it took us a while, man. You know, uh, it's been a crazy summer. Listen, Brooklyn boy, wh where are you calling me from? I'm calling from now. I'm in, I live in Connecticut, actually, right now. Uh, that's where I'm at. My wife is from here, and uh, that's where we settled down, man. Because you're a Brooklyn guy. Here's my thing, though. I have on Michael K. Williams, Ramel Bradley, um, Sweet P. Daniels, all these Brooklyn guys, right? When you ask them where they're from, they say Brooklyn. Anyone else? Five boroughs, where are you from? New York City. What is it about Brooklyn that you guys only identify from Brooklyn? You're not from anywhere else. It's only Brooklyn. Why is that? You never forget where you come from, man. Never forget. You can't. You know, that's what, that, 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 uh, that made us. That's part of us. You know, gave us that chip on our shoulder. <laughs> what part of Brooklyn you grew up in? I grew up on the border of East New York and Canarsie. Okay. Canarsie High School. Um, you know, I had a great time there, man, at the school. Uh, it was a lot of fun at the time. We were always very good, man, in sports. Uh, every, pretty much every sport in the school was good. Baseball first love? Guaranteed. Who was your guy? Who were your guys and who was your team growing up? Growing up as the Yankees, for okay. sure. Always a Yankee guy. And, uh, you know, my favorite player was always um, a guy that uh, is from Puerto Rico as well, Edgar Martinez. So I kind of simulated my game towards him, you know. Anytime he came up, dad was like, you know, look at him, watch him, stop what you're doing. <laughs> Fast forward to the majors. You played the Mariners. Uh, I think Jamie Moy was pitching, did my research on you. You see Edgar for the first time. You're a player now. You're a professional baseball player. You're getting paid. You still fanboy out like, holy shit, bro. That's Edgar Martinez. We, Pop, me and you watch this dude, and now you're playing against him. Is it, does it like blow your mind, pinch yourself? I, I, I was a fan. <laughs> I mean, I, I, uh, our radio guy comes in and tells me to get dressed, and he's like, come here, I got a surprise for you. So we're playing in a, at the time it was Safeco. Now it's called T-Mobile. And I'm walking out and I'm thinking, you know, I wonder what he's going to do. And then I put two and two together. All of a sudden I see Edgar hitting an, you know, BP. So we're walking towards him and I got nervous right away. And then I'm like, wait a minute, I'm a big league player too. What am I doing? <laughs> Double L, did you say anything to him or no? Yeah, they introduced us. I tell him, um, you know, Edgar, I'm going to tell you this right away, man. You're my idol. Wow. I've been with you since I was a kid and everything. And then he goes, are you serious? He goes, stay here with me during batting practice. I want you to stay and hang out. Wow. And I hung right there with him. And we were just talking, you know, about hitting and, um, you know, just the journey, how long it took, because it was very similar to his. And um, the funny thing is I was compared to him through the minors, everything, man. And, uh, you know, he had a great career in the big leagues. Um, you know, he was able to play so many years and be successful. And, uh, you know, I told him, I said, I was just glad with the time that I had. I wish I could have had more years just like him. But that was definitely the, one of the most special days of my, my career. I, I want to rewind a little bit because back at Canarsie, you were a stud ball player. You pitched also, right? Yeah, I was a pitcher too, man. I was a closer. Were you? Did you like it? Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> Come in from short, you know, get, you know, whatever my outs we needed, you know, especially my senior year. I mean, my senior year, I had no ERA in like 27 innings. So it was pretty cool to come in and, you know, lock the game down for the guys. And that was the year we went to the championship, too, in, in the Yankee Stadium. And who'd you play against? Do you remember? Lincoln High School, man. Yeah, I remember. 
because it happened to be one of my roommates pitching against me. We ended up being roommates in college. No, really? Yeah, Mike Compagno. We're still friends to this day. <laughs> hey, you know, I'm glad you mentioned college because let's be honest, a lot of us Brooklyn guys, it's LIU, it's St. John's, you know, Seton Hall, Coastal Carolina. That's not a usual path for a Brooklyn guy. How'd that happen? Well, nowadays, I think I opened up the waters because mm-hmm. now I come up here all the time to the Northeast to get players, which I'm glad, man. It was definitely a gem, that place. Um, they saw me in a tournament in North Carolina with my summer team. Wow. And the funny thing is, and this is what I tell now as a coach, I tell the kids, you never know who's watching because um, the head coach happened to sit next to my dad. He had no idea. Had no idea it was my dad. Sits next to him. We're losing already like 10 nothing in the second inning. I'm playing short, infield in, ground ball up the middle. I dive, catch the ball, throw the guy out at first base. And he goes, so my dad's clapping, you know, nice and easy, nothing crazy. And he's like, um, wow. He goes, I, he goes, you know this Brooklyn kids? And he goes, yeah. And then he goes, I can't believe that kid dove and they're losing 10 nothing. He ain't giving up. Wow. He goes, you know, I, I, that's the type of kid I want in my school. So make a long story short, you know, he's like, do you know him? And he goes, uh, <laughs> that happens to be my son. <laughs> <laughs> and then right there on the spot, man, he offered me a full ride because I was killing it that whole tournament. Wow. Now, this was in July. I had already graduated from mm-hmm. Canarsie. The only backup I had, I could have went to like, um, I had... Who did I have? CW Post. Mm-hmm. I had uh, New York Tech. Um, Seton Hall was talking with me. You know, really nobody, nothing concrete. You know, University of Florida had a half ride, you know, in Kentucky, but those were already gone. So we were in July. School's about to start in August. And for him to come up and offer a full ride right there, he goes, oh, when you guys get back, call me up, set up a plane ticket. They flew me back, saw the campus. I said, I'm in. I'm in. And how was it, a Brooklyn guy being down there, coastal Carolina? How was that? Fish well, out of water? Or let me ask you this. Be honest with me. Fish out of water? Or did you play the New York accent? All the girls down there love it because there wasn't a lot of New York guys down there. It was a combination of everything. It was a combination of everything. <laughs> it was a combination of everything. But what really sold me was the beach. You know, Myrtle Beach, man. Um my dad always told me, and I tell him, even my kids to this day, as far as me coaching, you want to choose a college that, yes, of course, we're going to play baseball. We're getting our education, no doubt. Um, those two things. But I also hear, I also want you to have a social life. You know, I want you to be able to relax your mind. And what better place to relax my mind than a beach? I mean, you know, and I'm like, it's like this all year. It's hot, you know, got a strip. He's like, yeah. I said, I just want to see the stadium. That's it. <laughs> and you were sold, right? They had, they, they hooked you. Done. And now it's even easier. The way they fixed up everything, that place, they, mind you, they call the stadium now the palace. So that'll tell you how it looks, you know. Now, now you had a really good career, a really solid career down there. Were you surprised not getting drafted or not getting looked at? Did that surprise you? Hundred percent, man. Um, I really thought I had a chance to get drafted out of high school. First of all, you know, I did well. I was runner-up player of the year, you know, to Manny, you know, with my stats and everything. Um, 
you know, them guys, him and Frank Rodriguez were phenoms coming out of high mm -hmm. school. I knew I wasn't going to get drafted that high, but at the time we had like 60 rounds. So I was like, man, I got to go at least at one of them rounds just to have a resume, you know, yeah. I can't be that. And then, uh, <laughs> so then, you know, I did it and I said, no problem. I needed to go to college anyway <clears> to get my body more seasoning to be prepared to, to hit that daily grind mm -hmm. playing professionally. Now I've coming out of college, you know, having a hall of fame career there, I'm in the school's hall of fame. I'm in the conference hall of fame. I really did expect to get drafted. I was an honorable mention, all American, you know, all them records pretty much stand still till this day. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason I was passed up, man. I mean, every single excuse in the book, you know, it was thrown at me and, you know, I took a chance, you know, with independent ball. I was like, Hey, I'm playing with house money. Mm -hmm. I have three already. Let's go. And, and how's that call come from the blue Jays? How's that call come? Well, with them, I played independent ball. This is my luck. I played in the pioneer league. Um, and we were playing, it was an independent team playing against affiliated teams, okay. which happens nowadays. So I'm playing against the pirate. I'm not the pirates, the Padres, the Dodgers, um, Toronto. Uh, and I first game against Toronto, I go off on them. I had like three hits Okay. next and a bomb first, first at bat. <laughs> next day I face my buddy, Kelvin Escobar get three hits off them as well. So he's like, dude, he goes, what, you know, what team uh, released you? I go, no, I came straight from college. Wow. He goes, are you, he goes, nobody gave you a chance. He goes, no, you keep hitting. Somebody's going to give you a chance. Well, that year I hit 360 and uh, they invite, that was like my chance. Like I always say, you know, I tell everybody be ready for your opportunity. And that was my opportunity. I said, if I hit here against all these draft picks, somebody got to give me a chance. So it, Toronto invites me to uh, like extended spring training mm -hmm. and, and we go there right before the draft and I'm there on my own dollar, you know, and I was staying in my, in my aunt and uncle's house about an hour away, driving in early, first one there in the clubhouse, last one to leave. And um, I was just happy that I had a number. I remember I had, I was using number 80, <laughs> 80. <laughs> <laughs> It's Jerry Rice's number. You're playing baseball for the Blue Jays wearing number 80. I thought, I thought we were playing baseball, not football. <laughs> I had no name on the back. You know, the, everybody else had their name. So, like, they made it real obvious that I was trying out, basically. And even the guys were like, yo, why don't you have your name? I'm like, I'm not signed yet. So they throw me right into the fire. Are you ready to play? Yeah, I'm ready to play. Put me in the game against the Phillies. I had, like, three hits. Next day, I had another three-hit game. And the farm director, not the farm director, but one of the front office people, Bobby Maddock, may rest in peace, pulls me to the side and he goes, uh, look, why the hell you didn't get drafted? And I said, I have no idea. <laughs> idea, man, you got to ask your scouts. <laughs> he tells me, he goes, well, I said, everybody was telling me there was, I was too slow. I couldn't hit with wooden bats. You know, I couldn't make the transition. Every excuse. And he goes, well, that's horse shit. You keep hitting the way you're hitting, you're going to play in the big leagues with us. And I go, okay, perfect. So I was there for like 10 days. Like, again, on my own dollar, mm -hmm. everything. And uh, finally, they're like, oh, we're going to make out rosters today. 
So they for short season, one was rookie ball, which that was the league I already played in, the Pioneer, where I had played against them. I go, they ain't going to send me there. I hit 360. And then, uh, then I was like uh, to go to St. Catharines in the New York Penn League. Mm-hmm. And uh, they read out the roster, and my name's on the roster, Louis Lopez. So I'm kind of excited, but I'm not. I'm like, yo, I haven't signed my contract yet. When I put my name on that dotted line, then I know it's official. And, and all the guys are, like, pumped up that were with me. And I go, dude, I haven't signed the yet. So then they called my name and called me inside. And I, uh, I asked our front office, I was like, you know, I've been coming on my own money. Can uh, you sign me for, I said, can I at least get a thousand dollars? You know, I was trying, I was negotiating my own contract and I get at least a thousand dollars, you know, just to put money in my pocket, money that I had that is gone now. Uh, no, we can't do that. But uh, I'll tell you what, this is what we can do. Go over there to the clubby, the clubhouse guy and uh, tell him to give you a first base glove and a third base glove and a pair of spikes, the mids that you want. And that's what I signed for. That was that it. Was- that's it, man. That was my signing bonus. <laughs> Two gloves yeah. and a pair of cleats. Two gloves and a pair of cleats, man. Jumping around the minors, I've had a lot of baseball guys on, and they say the minors, you enjoy the ride later on in life. Like, oh, it was fun. But was it hell going from St. Paul to Edmonton to Knoxville on the buses? Bad pay. Was it hell or was it? did you enjoy the ride as it was going on? I would say both, but I'd do it again. In a second, right? Second in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat, I do it again because um, there's nothing like playing professional baseball. Nothing, you know. You're getting paid to do something you love. Uh, yeah, it was a grind. You know, it was cheap pay. Um, meal money was cheap. Uh, I'll tell you right now, till this day, I don't eat no more peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> How about this worst food? You're in Edmonton, Syracuse, Knoxville, Medicine Hat. What food from Brooklyn did you miss the most? Oh, man. That's kind of easy, though. You know, I'm going with the pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Pizza like that, man. Look, let me ask you this. What was the worst minor league promotion you saw? Because there's some bad minor league promotions. What was the worst one you saw? Oh, man. Um, You know, I had some fun ones. I had to participate in some of them. Um, with like Berserk and stuff like that, I had a dance with them and whatnot. So, <laughs> um, but as far as bad ones, um, to be honest, our, all our organizations they did pretty good jobs with the uh, with the promos. You know, they, and there are some teams that should have done more, and we would have probably had better attendance mm-hmm. and stuff because that's the big thing. The fans come there to have fun, man. They want to do promos and. You know, laugh and stuff like that. Besides the baseball game, take you me know. to this. Take me to the call now. Two thousand one. You had a journey now. Canarsie, Carolina, Toronto, the Pioneer League. Take. I want to know how the call happens. Okay, uh, this is a good one, man. Um, my manager Omar Malave, man, he rests in peace. Um, he uh, was a jokester, and he was my manager for many years. So we had a relationship that was real you know, joking around like we were boys, you know. Um, and he understood the, the travel that I went through, the, the journey, went through everything. And um, he was one of the guys that definitely pushed for me, trying to get to the big leagues. And for whatever reason, it took so long, so be it. You know, um, 
I get, I, it's, it's April. We're in Syracuse now, home game. I had just had a great game. I get tapped on my shoulder by our clubhouse guys. And they're like, Lou, uh, Omar wants to see you. So I'm like, all right. So I'm walking over there and I'm like, damn, I, I didn't argue with an umpire. I didn't miss a sign. I didn't, I was thinking of all the negative things. I was like, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. You know, I played a good game. I had three hits, you know, damn, what, what the hell was he going before? So I walk in and uh, he has his arms crossed and he's looking at me and he goes, sit down. I go, no, nah, I'm good. What's up? <laughs> What's up? <laughs> he's like, uh, you know, when you go to hit your song and I hit with a Spanish song. And at the time it was, it was big pun. Um, but it starts off, um, you know, uh, cuando llegará el día de mi suerte. So when is the day that my luck is going to change? When is the day going to come that my luck is going to change? He said, and I go, yeah. He goes, you're like your song, son. Your song says your luck changed. You're going to Toronto tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, that's fucked up. You know, you know what I've been through, man? That you're messing with me like that. And I walked out of his office. Walked out. Walked out. The hitting coach is grabbing me, Kenny Landro. He, Lo, Lo, what's up, man? Lo. And I said, man, Omar messing with me, man. Telling me I'm going to Toronto tomorrow. And he goes, Lo, you are. I go, Kenny, don't lie to me. You know the journey I've been through. Don't be like, oh, don't be falling for his tricks. Joking around. He goes, no, 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 I'm serious. And I cried like a baby right in Kenny Landro's arms, man. First phone oh, call you made. Who's the first phone call you made, though? You get the call. Who, you walk out of the clubhouse. Who's the first phone call? Mom and dad. Mom and dad. Yeah. I called them up, and uh, they couldn't believe it. They, you know, my dad screamed, about oh, damn time. <laughs> you know, and there's another. You've been putting up numbers. <laughs> my mom, on the other hand, she was a wreck. She was crying, like, forget it, because she knew what I had been through, man. All the tryouts that I went to, to be told the same thing. And, you know, nobody ever came through until that independent team, thank God, the St. Paul Saints. And the guy that signed me, Nick Belmonte, I'll never forget his name, ever. Um, but, yeah, all my teammates came running out of the clubhouse, attacked wow. me, you know, and, and uh, the reporters were like, in our 20-something years working here, We've never seen a reaction for a player like that. And I said, because they know my journey. They know what I've been through. You know, you, but you, uh, that was that was great. You, Jay, real quick, real quick. No, go tell me. Mind you, now we fast forward. My youngest daughter is born April 27th, 2012, the day I got called up. That's wild. <laughs> yeah. Now you're 27. The journey. You go into the locker room now, and it's Delgado. It's Vernon Wells. It's Homer Bush who comes on here. You walk in there now. They know you in the organization, so you're not this bonus baby, 18 year old kid. Do you go around introducing yourself, or you knew the guys already? How's that locker room scene? And I walked in there, put my bags down, and they all started yelling, "Yeah, it's about fucking time you're here." <laughs> Oh, and I wonder, what are they thinking? And, and I'm like, I'm a rookie. I don't want to ruffle no feathers. I'm like, quiet, yo. 
you know. But uh, all our pitchers, Carpenter, Halliday, may he rest in peace, Joey Hamilton, Bourbon, they were all, man, excited. I mean, I was always in spring training, and I would stay with them till like the last day every year because I would be raking in spring training. And they, they would just leave me there, and then Delgado would tell them, just leave them here till we leave, you know, so he can take extra at-bats from me. I don't have to play uh, extra in. <laughs> he would tell me. Your first game, April 29th, Angels, you play, and then you sporadically pinch hit, pinch rant. You did all that stuff. I know you're happy to be in the pros, but you frustrated, like, dude, just let me play and get into a groove. So it's, it's a double-edged sword. Is that how it was? It was, man. Um, It was frustrating because I felt like I earned the right to get a chance to be a starter. I mean, you let go of an all-star, which was a good friend of mine, Tony Batista, mm-hmm. put him on waivers. So you've been bringing me up. So I'm thinking I'm going to be playing every day. You're going to let me go. So in the beginning, they did. And I got hot, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was on fire in the beginning. And then all of a sudden, they started sitting me. It was like they didn't want me to get too hot. To I don't know. It would make make upset people. I don't know. I have no idea. But, you know, I was hitting, man, like 340-something, getting two, three hits a game. I mean, even almost hitting for the cycle a couple times, you know, and uh, I was starting to get a groove. And then all of a sudden, they, once they sat me for like four or five days, it was tough trying to bounce back. And then they would sit me again, and in a few more days, then they started playing, sending me down. The only thing I can say about that year, man, I'll tell you right now, Buck Martinez and Dave Stewart were straight up honest with me. Whenever I went down, they would tell me, you're going to be back up at such a, you're going to be back up such and such date. And, um, and that's the way it was the whole year. Now, first hit Seattle Mariners, who was pitching? Arthur Rose. Where's that ball right now? In my dad's house. Yeah. In my dad's house, man. Um, and the funny thing is he wants everything now that I have my home and I'm retired. He's like, I want to get you, give you all your stuff back so you can make your own, you know, man cave, which I uh-huh. started. And, uh, you know, have it there with you. First hit, first home run, all that stuff. But, uh, you know, I knew I had seen Arthur Rhodes um, pitch so many times on TV. And I knew he was a fastball pitcher. Okay. I work ahead. So I was like, first fastball, I'm jumping on it. I'm going to jump on it. Sure enough, I hit a bullet to right field, man. And then let's go to your first home run, Jamie Moyer. Jamie Moyer, that was in, in Toronto. And what goes through your mind, home run, the, the base, because listen, base hit, you're intense, base hit, boom, give me the ball. You go yard. And are you floating around the, the base pads? Oh, God, as soon as I hit it, and I, I mean, hit it good. And it was one of those good at-bats that I just kept following pitches off. So working all the way to three and two, and he tried to sneak a fastball like up and in. And I just jumped on it. As soon as I hit it, I knew it was gone. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> and Delgado and Mondesi are messing with me. They're like, dude, did you just do the the Sammy Sosa jump? <laughs> <laughs> did you? I guess I did. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned We mentioned earlier, 27. Now, you're a little older getting sent down. What kept you pushing? Because, like, a lot of people, I'm going to be honest, most people, you're like, you made it to the show. You got a hit. You got a home run. You're on baseball reference forever. Hall of Fame down. What kept you chugging to keep going and going, getting sent down? Because it had to be frustrating for you mentally, too. Um, it was. But, you know, I uh, 
I felt like, you know, I had too many people to make happy and I was doing it for my family. Um, that's so much for myself, but you know, I felt like I belonged there and I didn't want to give up until they took the Jersey away from me. Uh, a lot of my friends were still in the big leagues and, you know, with just talking with them, they're like, dude, you should be here with us, you know? And I'm like, you know, Hey, you know, maybe that's not my calling, you know, at least I got a taste, but, um, you know, I'm just going to keep working and playing and we see what happens. You know, somebody else gives me a chance. And, you know, it's just tough, man, cracking into the big leagues. You know, you need to be honest. I just think if you have a manager uh, that really likes you, mm-hmm. he's the one that's going to give you a chance. And Buck Martinez, for whatever reason, he liked me a lot, man. And I thank that man to this day for uh, calling me up and, you know, bringing me into the big leagues. And I always knew if he, I was hoping he had got a job somewhere else, he's only in, on TV still with Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, you know, usually guys like bench players like myself, the managers will take their players wherever they go, you know. So, but, uh, you know, I, I don't regret nothing at all, though. No, of course not. And now another team gave you a chance because in 04, you go to the Expos. Now, I always, I'm always curious about that team. That's like the perfect 30 for 30 team. It was a bad baseball team. I think it was just... Tony Batista and Nick John. I can't remember anyone on the team. Who else was on that team? It was like 70 wins, right? Carl Everett. You had uh, – Okay. Yeah. At shortstop, we had Orlando Cabrera. We had Jose Vidro at second. Um, LaVon Hernandez pitching. Um, who else we had? Uh, left field, we had Brad Wilkerson. Our catchers were um, Darren well, – oh, no, it wasn't Darren Fletcher. It was uh, Einar Diaz. He was our catcher. Um, and we had, uh, you know, Andy Chavez was there with me as well. Um, you know, it's very, it was young and a young lot team. of, yeah, a good combination of that. But, um, you know, it was, uh, and, and the hall of famer, Frank Robinson, may he rest in peace was wow. our manager. What yeah. was different getting called up that time than the first time? Well, that one, I made it, I made the team out of spring training. Mm-hmm. So, you right. knew. So- Oh, so right away, I okay. I was raking the spring training, and for whatever reason in my whole career, man, I came to spring training ready because, well, you know, I went to winter ball every year too, so to, to prepare me so I'd be ready for for spring training and catch, you know, basically be ahead of everybody. So when when you go there, and I, and again, every time I got put in, it was an RBI position. I'm driving in runs left and right, hitting bombs. And, uh, you know, Frank calls me in the office and he goes, you know, this, this is a good, this is a good conversation. These are the ones I like, <laughs> you know, Vidro even told me he gave him and Levon Hernandez. They were like, Hey man, whatever. They used to call him the old man, viejo. They used to call him. They go, they go, yo, viejo loves you, bro. He loves you. And he don't like rookies. <laughs> well, like, yeah. I was like, for real. And they were like, yeah. Cause we were going to start, we started the season in the Marlins stadium. And then we were going to Puerto Rico, which was my home field when I played winter ball. So the guys are like, you know, you know, he goes, and then I was like, man, I just hope I make the team now because I want to play in PR. And they kind of looked at me. We were playing towards the end against the Astros. And they both looked at me like, you're going to get a good conversation at the end. And I was like, what? But me again, everything. I, I still have my guard up, you know. And I'm like, well, we'll see. So after the, that Houston game and spring training, that's when they told me. 
that I had made the team. So it was pretty special coming out of spring training, leaving with the team right away. And now all four, was it weird, the cloud hanging over you guys? Because there was always rumors that this is the last season. You guys were even talking about relocating to Puerto Rico. There was rumors about everything. Did that hang over the team the whole year? Was it weird? Or you guys like, hey, we're playing baseball. Who cares? The whole time we were talking about Puerto Rico, Portland, Oregon, uh, Washington, D.C. Um, They didn't know it was between those three. Those were the last three floating around. And then until uh, I was hoping it was Puerto Rico because funny thing is my owner in Puerto Rico, he was one of the guys that was trying to buy the team. So it would have been my owner from PR. So he already knew me. (laughs) Here we play there. That's fine with me. Um, But then, uh, you you know, we had, we had an inside source. Mm -hmm. I got Brian Schneider. He was at the top. He was, he was one of our guys in the, the association, like our representative, but he was like, I think he was the president, I think, at the time. So he's like, Lope, I think we're going to Washington, bro. It's not going to happen. We ain't going to PR. Oh. And I, that'd be pretty cool, too, though. Washington, D.C. And sure enough, you know, it ended up being Washington, D.C. You know, got a beautiful stadium there, everything. Your uh, Canadian fans are passionate. They love the baseball. And the Expos, the truth, Montreal deserves a team because they got screwed you guys built up the team in 95. You know, it's it just sucked what happened for them to lose a team, you know? Yeah. Did you have ever become a hockey fan? Because I know they're passionate about hockey up there. Any interest in hockey yeah. or no? I actually watch it now, you know? The especially, playoffs. Yeah, especially the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> I watched that, you know. Do I know the rules? Uh, kind <laughs> of. I just know hit it in the net. Get it go. <laughs> you know what always fascinated me about your career and this is why I was so glad you did it. You made it to the majors, fine. You finish up, and then you went to Japan, which I love. I'm obsessive traveler. Like, that's my life. That's all I want to do is travel. Tell me about Japan. Why Japan? Because I know you. I know you probably could have went down to play in Puerto Rico, Dominican League, Caribbean League. Why'd you go out to Japan? Okay, well, Japan, I mean, I went out there because they, um, first of all, the, the, the money that they give us, you know, they – especially guys, even with a little bit of time in the big leagues, mm-hmm. like our salaries are way more than what we were going to make in AAA. That's one. Um, you know, and at the time I'm getting older, you know, plus, you know, I had my family starting to grow and I was like, I got to take care of them. So we had that. And then um, I just wanted to go out there and experience it. You know, I've seen it a lot. A lot of my friends told me about it. And the best way I could describe it is you go out there and it's a rock star status, man. Everybody knows you. You got billboards and things around with your pictures on it. So it's like you're looking at it and it looks so it's surreal. You're like, oh, does that really mean, you know, in the pictures, you know, in Japan, right? <laughs> um, every downtown is set up like a, a little Times Square. Every city. It's all lights, all lit up, everything like that. Um, you, we took the bullet train pretty much everywhere. That thing flies. Flies. I've been there before. It flies. <laughs> and it's, and how about this look? It's so clean there, right? One question before we talk more about Japan. What's the biggest difference with the game, the way they played and the way we played? Is there a big difference with anything? Yeah. Faster pace. A lot more bunting, hit and run, slash. Uh, a lot of stealing. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, I mean, you talk about the unwritten rules of the game. They don't, they're not worried about that. They're still running. If the, if the score is 15, nothing, they don't care. <laughs> I kind of get used to that. You know, <laughs> I was like, at first getting pissed off. 
And I'd come in the dug and my translator's like, what's up? And I'm like, yo, dude, they're really killing us. And they're still running. Are you serious? He goes, oh, damn, I should meant, I meant to tell you that. You know, so there's, you know, it's completely different. Um, but uh, the pitchers, very good locating balls mm. with their location. Very good. Um, they maybe have one or two guys that throw hard. The other guys are just more, you know, pitchers, finesse. Um, a lot of a lot of split fingers, and uh, what they call the shooto. So you know, like a two seamer. They love that. That's their pitch too. Between between that and, and a split, because I was I was even getting split fingers three and zero. Oh. <laughs> did Did you enjoy your time there though? It was a good experience. Um, it was tough, you know, and I figured I thought they would bring me back. Cause I stayed there the whole year. Mm-hmm. I was the only American guy in our organization that was there the whole year. They sent everybody home early and I thought they would sign me back just to give me another chance. Cause I was, I, you know, even although my average was low, I still had a lot of home runs and RBIs. Um, I did my job, you know, run, you know, driving in my runs, playing a little first and third. And it was an expansion team when I went out there. So, you know, like, like I said, I was the only one that was left. I was the only American guy on the team at the end of the year and uh, i was like i'm pretty sure they're gonna invite me back um and i and i was ready to sign back too fish out of water in coastal carolina how about being a fish out of water canarsie kid out in japan what food did you eat out there a lot because they're foodies out there well i'll tell you right now man i love sushi love it (laughs) you know i'm a a big seafood guy and then i fell in love with this uh korean barbecue oh Little, you got the little grill. We're hanging out. We're cooking and stuff, you know. And uh, it's great, man. Just you know, I I enjoyed that. And now again, you don't quit again. And this is what will blow my mind forever. You come back. You go to the Bridgeport Bluefish, and you dominate and become probably the best player. And I wrote it down here: all-time hits leader, most games played, doubles, extra base hits, RBIs, walks, legit MVP, Hall of Fame numbers for down there. While you're playing there, are you still getting looks now for the big league? Because you weren't just a good ball player down. You dominated the, the league down there. We were still getting looks. Um, the only thing was, you know, my age was creeping up on me. So even though I'm I'm there and I'm, you know, still hitting and producing and um, driving in runs, and I was hoping somebody would give me a chance, you know, because that's what the Atlantic League was, you know, another stepping stone to get back to the big leagues. But uh, nobody ever really gave me a chance to come back to there. I had phone calls to go play in Mexico, which I had did that before I went to um, the Bluefish. And I didn't want to go back because, uh, you know, it's a little bit different there. They'll release you quick, even if you're hitting good and they need a pitcher at the time. And they'll give up their spot and, you know, do that. So I'm like, you know, I'm, I was more settled, more stable. My family was here. I had met my wife here. Um and I was like, I'd, I'd rather just finish off here. If I can't go anywhere, I'll go back overseas to uh, Taiwan, Korea, you know, or Japan again, which, you know, a couple of times they were talking with me, but nothing concrete. And, uh, you know, so I just ended up my career there. My kids didn't want me to stop playing. They want, even the last year, they were telling me, dad, no, you know, one more year, one more. We want to see, keep playing. And uh, I, w- I was going to end on my 21st year. Because I just wanted to honor Roberto Clemente for 21 years. Wow. Okay. That was the reason why I wanted to play a 21st season. 
And I was only a couple hits and games away from a thousand hits and a thousand games played in the Atlantic League. So I would have been like the third or fourth guy to ever do that as well. So those were only the only couple other things. After that, you know, I felt like I had accomplished everything already on the playing side. No surgeries, no bad, uh, you know, just basically a pulled hamstring. That's it. Those were the worst things. Yeah, you was, your, your durability everywhere you play. When you, you know, when I was doing research on you, reading your stats, it was just a hit machine, RBI machine, and durability. There was no 28, 28 games played, 47. It was always 100 this. Like, dude, your durability, and that's why, and I'm not just saying it blowing smoke up your ass. It always blows my mind how you never got another call. Like, it, it bothers me. I'm like, dude, because you were producing. It was like, oh, yeah, for six or seven years with the Bluefish, you dominated the whole league. Yeah, yeah. Well, I made sure I took – care of myself you know in the off season i stopped when i was with the bluefish i stopped playing winter ball just so that i can you know i was already playing over 200 games for my first 15 years of my career over 200 the whole year so the last five years i really focused i even got a trainer to work on keeping my legs healthy um we were doing other stuff like that um and uh just working out making sure i was durable for the whole year because i didn't like off days I would tell, you know, my manager, Willie Upshaw, and I tell him, hey, my off days are in, 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 in the off season. That's when I'm off. But, uh, you know, I wanted to be out there and, and produce and help my team whatever way I could. You helped your team on the field, and then you went to coaching. Do you like coaching? Do you get frustrated? Because you are a lot of good ball players like yourself, hit machines. They kind of get frustrated trying to coach. Do you like coaching, like teaching the game? I love it. I love coaching. Um I'll tell you what, man, my, my mom and my older, my older sister, Tracy, she, uh, both of them said that that's my calling. They said, you're going to go back. And then eventually they feel that I'm going to be back in the big leagues as a coach. They've said this a long time ago and I can see it the way I'm, you know, going around with guys. I wanted to do this because I wanted to be in a place that if I have authority, I want to be able to be honest. I can only count a handful of people on my hand that were honest with me throughout my career. And that's a shame. That's a damn shame. But I want to be make sure and be honest. And like I tell my parents and my kids, I say, hey, you know, sometimes I'm going to be honest. It might sting a little bit. But I'm telling you the truth. I'm being transparent. And then I'll, and then we're going to try and figure out how we're going to work and get this get by this. You know, by the, the tough stuff uh, whatever we have to work on. Um, also, you know, thank God, you know, I've met a lot of people throughout my career. A lot of my buddies are coaching and, and at the college level as well. So they're all hitting me up and they're like, dude, if you're training high school kids, we already know your work ethic. And I was like, you know, thank you, man. I appreciate it. And uh, they were like, we're coming to get kids from you. So, you know, that's another good thing. You know, and I tell everybody, Hey, if my resume is going to help your son or whatever to get into a college and stuff like that, so be it. I'm going to do it, you know, because I tell them it's not all about these showcases and stuff. It's all about networking and relationships. That's that's everything. It really is. Yeah, that's all it is, man. And once I got back into it, I really made it a point to go to coaches conventions, get my face back out there, throw out my business card everywhere. And uh, just meet up with everybody, getting my name out there again. Because, I mean, you play professionally for 20 years, you kind of get lost. Mm -hmm. 
in the real world. And, and you're a baseball lifer. That's it. You're a lifer. That's it, right? It, man. This is my thing. It's all I know how to do, brother. Lope, you ready to finish up with some quick hit questions? Sure. <laughs> What's cooler, being in a video game or seeing yourself on your first baseball card? Oh, that's tough. I think it's a video game. So Being many a, people say that. I, I, yo, Lope, I'm going to be honest. So many people tell me that. I'm like, really? Because like the baseball, like, bro, a video game. You, we played video games, and that's me. Yeah. <laughs> video game, man. My kids are able to play it, everything. And they're like, oh, dad, I got you. You know, <laughs> <laughs> We got to work on your power, though. This, <laughs> do, do you have any of your cards displayed anywhere? Oh, yeah. We got my cards all downstairs in my basement. I got jerseys hanging up with my friends, myself, pictures of myself, um, and baseball cards. And I always wanted to keep that for my kids so they can see it a lot of, you know, my oldest one was able to see a lot of it. You know, she's going to be 22 now in, uh, in about a week. But uh, my other kids were, were a lot younger, so they weren't really able to see me in the big league. So they really didn't see it. I had to show them. I got some DVDs, and I'm like, you know, here, this is dad, you know, on here on the DVDs, you know, of my first at bat and stuff like that. And, and they're like, well, wait a minute, you played on TV? You know? <laughs> Best baseball movie of all time. I'd have to say Field of Dreams. Love it. Yeah, it it's tough to beat that one. How about this one? If you can witness one sporting event in person live throughout history, what event would you wish you could see? I probably want to go back to the old Yankee days. And see Babe Ruth and them guys, Mickey Mantle and, you know, uh, Roger Maris and see them and see what that was about. But them whole, that home run title, them guys, you know, uh, everybody was really natural. There were nobody was lifting weights. No, I know. <laughs> How about this? You and I are at a bar here in Brooklyn. Who's the coolest person in your phone that if you texted them, they would text you back? I'm going to actually name drop right now. So who's the coolest cat in your phone, Lope, oh. that if you texted them, they would text you back. You're going to get me in trouble with that. I mean, I have a bunch of guys. That Just I, give me one good one. Uh, I always have to say it has to be my boy, Eduardo Perez. That's a good answer. So if you text him, he texts you right back. Yeah, right back. That's, that's my a, dog. That's a great answer. My dog. How about this? Two more questions. Any appointment players now? Like, is there anyone who's playing, whether it be Otani or Tatis, anyone who's playing now that you make sure you watch when they're on? I love watching Soto. I love the way he is. I love his competitiveness. I love that. Um, and then, uh, you know, the other guys that I like to watch, you know, hitters, man. Uh, DJ LeMayhew, uh, Nolan Arenado. Uh, I love, I even love McNeil from the Mets, man. Dude knows you how you to love hit. professional hitters. That's what you like. You like hitters. I like, I like guys. And I'll tell you right now, even Judge, him and Alonzo, I give them respect because they're sluggers. And so was Soto. They're hitting home runs, but they're still hitting for average. That's the way it is, man. You got to take what's given to you. You can't hit every single pitch out. You know, and some of these guys, I think, are being taught that. And, you know, it's not their fault because they're mm -hmm. getting paid for it. You know, a lot of the front office people are paying for home runs and RBIs and that strikeouts are okay. You know, they're not. They don't help your team, man. No. No, you look at the World Series teams. It's all teams that can hit, put the ball in play. Always, every year in, year out. Yep. How about this last one? You're a professional baseball player. Give me one player that after the game, you approach them and either ask for a picture or an autograph. I say Jeter, man. Yeah, even till this day, you know, I mean, he, the guy did it. He was a model. 
He did everything that the right way. And he know? did it in New York with page six and the paparazzi and did everything right. And just kept it quiet. You know? Hey, listen, Lopes, plug your foundation, your Twitter, and everything else, man. For sure, man. Our foundation is the Nighthawks Baseball. Nighthawks Baseball Dash Six Tool. Um, we're a nonprofit organization. And uh, we started it now. We're going on year nine. We've been able to place kids into colleges all over the country. Our numbers about to up to like 85 kids when our first graduating class was in 2018. Um, you know, I've done that. I wanted to come back and help kids, uh, especially just because of financial reasons. If, you know, that shouldn't be able to leave a kid out. So we're just trying to give it the same chances to everyone on an even scale and put them in front of the right people so they can be looked at um, and get good go on to college and who knows professionally. Uh, I'm also coaching at the Harvey School in uh, Westchester, New York. Um, I've been there now seven years. We, were, we just finished winning the championship again because of COVID. It's technically back to back. It could have been four years in a row. Um, but you know, uh, we've been, we've been doing stuff there. It's a prep school, a boarding school. I'm able to recruit, um, very prestigious school with academics. It's almost like an Ivy league high school, basically. So all I'm trying to do is just, you know, give back and help with these kids for them to get onto the next level. Luis Lopez, this was an absolute blast, bro. I'm glad we finally did it. You told some great stories and listen, we're both, we both from Brooklyn. Next time you're here, we'll get some food, get some drinks, because I want to hear more stories. And maybe we'll get some Korean barbecue and some drinks. Sound good? There you go. Sounds good with me, man. <laughs> brother, I'll see you soon. Thank you so much for doing this, bro. My man, you got it, brother. Have a so, good night. See you later, my friend. Later. Bye-bye.